we're here today to talk about responding to, I suppose, global crisis as a small business or even as a large business. It's not, you know, limited to just small businesses. How we've thought through our response to Ukraine and, and how we're thinking about it all. And we're going to get into that. I think, I guess it's, it's also probably worth mentioning, we're recording this on March, because who knows, dude, like what's happening in the world when folks are listening to it. Mm. We're recording this on March 1st at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time, um, 2022. So, yeah, I guess, so I, part of it is that um, we care about what happens in the world. Our Fathom really runs based on the values that that you and I hold. And it, it has since the beginning. That's why we started donating to the environment. That's why we've always done charitable donations. We really run our business the way we want it to show up in the world. And when that means taking a stand against certain things, we do that. Well, I've just been thinking more about it and more about the responsibility of businesses during times like this. And a business really is an extension of, I suppose, the people behind it, the shareholders, that sort of thing. And I think that as an individual, you choose how you want to handle things, what you want to do in the world. And it's no, there's no real difference between that and a business. As mm -hmm. a business, you have... Uh, you know, it, businesses all over the world have some kind of political involvement, whether that's wanting lower taxes, you know, lobbying in certain ways. And I think that there's no different when it comes to things like illegal invasions of countries. Yeah. So I feel like we have to do we have to do something and say something to let to let Ukraine know that we're we're on their side. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. So I guess it this started when. Um, the invasion started and you and I started talking like, okay, well, what as a, as a small business, like what can we do? Right. And we, we batted around a bunch of ideas and nothing really seemed to resonate. I mean, I, let's talk about some of the ideas. Like the, the first idea was, do we block Russia from Fathom services? Do we block Russian customers? Do we like tell them that they no longer have Fathom accounts or some of the other things? I mean, the Russian one was, challenging because it was a case of, um, you know, I'm seeing the UK, Canada, everyone else launching sanctions against Russia. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, like, good, this is what needs to happen, completely destabilize their country. But we want the Russian, the Russian people to rebel, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say that publicly. I'm not going to talk about anything like, <laughs> like assassination and stuff. But <laughs> uh, the, the world wants the Russian people to say, no, fuck Putin. We don't want this. And to actually rebel against him. And so the sanctions, I was cheering them on. And I'm like, I'm thinking, well, hold on a minute. I'm cheering our governments on. What are we actually doing? Mm -hmm. What's our contribution to help push Russia back? And obviously it's negligible and so small. But us doing something could then inspire others to do something. So blocking Russia was seriously on the menu. It was something that was talked about. And we don't do things like this lightly, as you might imagine. We talked this through. It was really a case of, do we block all Russian traffic, um, partly because of sanctions, but also because of potential cyber attacks against sites? We're running on some pretty big sites that would that, that would be attacked. Mm -hmm. um, 
And also, do we contribute towards the san- the sanctions? And we discussed that. And why didn't we go with that? Um, I think part of it was that I felt that the Russian people aren't fully aligned with the regime that's in power, the totalitarian government that Putin mm. has basically had for a very long time, right? Like, I, and I think about like Canada as well. It's like, I don't agree with everything the leaders of my country do, even though this is a democracy, yeah. right? And so I wouldn't want to be held responsible for things that Trudeau does because I don't agree with uh, a lot of things that he does. So that's where I kind of struggled with, well, do we, do we cut off Russian um, citizens because of actions from the government that they may or may not agree with. And that, that felt like I understand why that happens. And I definitely understand why that happens at a government level with sanctions. But for us, it felt like it didn't feel wrong. It just felt like there's possibly a better solution. <laughs> well, government sanctions, you can tell, uh, you know, they go after certain things like, you know, the, the billionaires can't fly their their jets. They're banned from living in certain places. You can tell that they're targeting people who they believe will have influence. Yes. And by damaging the economy, well, guess who's also going to be damaged? The billionaires. So I yeah. think it's this play because the the average Russian can't really do much. Like, let's be honest here. They can't just, everyone's, someone on Twitter was saying, like they, and has this really rubbed me the wrong way? They created an open source package Um and they said, oh, you can add this to your app to block Russians. And it said, you know, sorry, Russians, but your government is this, that, and the other, and you need to go out and protest. It was that kind of narrative. And I thought like, fuck you, where are you writing this from? Imagine that you're yeah. in this, imagine you're in Russia and you know you can be killed or you can, you know, would you really go out and protest with absolutely zero power? It's so easy to say you would, but it's so hard to actually do that. And the way that our governments are working right now is they're actually trying to affect the billionaires. Like the people that could actually have true influence on this, the people that control this, that, and the other, who have the extreme levels of resources. I think it's right to really make them uncomfortable. And I think that the the way the sanctions are going is fantastic. And I think, honestly, like looking at the sanctions, my gut says they're trying to completely destabilize Russia to the point where they want the people to revolt, is is how I'm reading this. But very uneducated read. I'm not educated on this topic at all. Yeah, I mean, I I agree where it's like, it's all well and good to say that Russians should go and protest, but they don't live in a democratic country. Like Putin has a pretty, he has a pretty big track record of just disappear, just flat out disappearing people that disagree with him. He sees, uh, in my mind, he sees any political dissidents or contrary thoughts as treason, Mm. Right, which which is different than a country that that we currently live in, Canada, where there is some political discourse that can happen, right? <laughs> so, like, I mean, I, I I like I would be scared if I if I live there to to protest against the regime because like I don't know what would happen to me or my family or that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's hard, but I agree. I think that putting it's harder to disappear a, a billionaire, <laughs> so levying sanctions that hurt them makes makes sense in my mind. And people forget that Putin idolizes Stalin and Stalin killed millions of people. And I mean, obviously there were people killed um, through, through communism, through his version of communism, but he actually murdered people as well that went against mm-hmm. him. And there's, you know, like, th- this would absolutely happen. This has happened and it would happen. So yeah, so that's where we got to with 
with, with regards to Russian customers. We don't have a lot of Russian customers, um, but it was really a case that I firmly believe, and I've spoken to I maybe mean, one or two of our Russian customers and just had a general chat, and obviously I'm not going to say who, they don't like Putin. And they've got mm-hmm. to be careful with how they're saying things, but they don't like Putin. And yeah. so I generally have an idea that the more, because our audience are quite informed. I'd say our customers are quite informed in, in what's going on in the world. I believe that our Russian customers know that Putin is is fucked. I do mm-hmm. believe they know that. And so I don't think it makes sense to punish them. Um, if we have to do sanctions, you know, I mean, one thing I will say, uh, I have seen payments being blocked from Russia already by, yeah. by Stripe. So I don't know what's going to happen, but it just didn't feel yeah, it didn't feel right going after them. I do see Russians as victims. I really do. Even their army, dude. Like I know it's a war and it, a lot of them don't even want to be there and they're just getting killed. And you just think these are people's family members and they're fighting mm-hmm. a war that perhaps they, ha- they feel like they have to fight it because Putin will kill their family. I don't know. I don't see these as pe- like, I don't see this as the equivalent of the West where they're going over to Ukraine and they want to fight. You know, people... Regular citizens that want to fight. I don't mm-hmm. see the Russian troops like this. They're paid absolute pennies, and it, it, it's sad. They're being led in there under under false pretenses, and I, I feel for the Russian troops, and of course I feel for Ukraine. I mean, it's devastating. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we talked through a bunch of stuff, and what we've landed on. I tweeted about it this morning because we have to. We need to make our position known. We have a Ukraine. We have lots of Ukrainians in our audience and as customers. We need to know, let them know that we stand with them. And so what we've done is we have we have paused all payment collections on every Ukraine customer. And this doesn't mean that you know if you're in Ukraine, you get free analytics. That's not what it's about at all. It was really about the fact that we don't want to be taking money from people in Ukraine who need that money. And yeah. I looked at the average income in Ukraine, and it's significant. You know, the, the $14 a month that a lot of them were paying, some of them paid more, but pausing that will have a, a good impact on them at an individual level. Yeah, and, and that's we, something we can do. That's something that is easily within our power as a business to do. Yeah, and then last night we had a conversation. I mean, we, we've both been reading the news. The thing that really kind of pushed me over the edge, and I know we've been working on it for a few days, our response, but the thing that really pushed me over the edge was I saw a clip, and it's a Ukrainian family in their basement, and their kids are, are watching cartoons on, I don't know if it's the iPad or whatever it is. And I'm like, like you know, I've got a kid, and... I can't even imagine. Like, it, it's just absolutely devastating. It, yeah. yeah, and it sort of pushed me over the edge and it just made me think we need to start making moves on what we're discussing. And obviously, we found some charities that we can donate to. We've done a donation already. We will continue. And we've. I don't know if we can talk about this. We haven't, whether it makes sense to pause our 2% for the planet temporarily and, and assign that to Ukraine charities. Maybe, maybe not. We could just get you know, extra funds that we might spend on something else and, and assign those to, to additional charity donations. Yeah. And I mean, then, I'm open to, to figure that out. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's something to think about. And then the final thing we did last night was just whack-a-mole. You know, we had the conversation, should we refund? So we have a bunch of Ukraine customers that have been with us, Ukrainian customers that have been with us since 2020. Some of them newer, some of them older. And I said to you, should we just literally go through and refund all of their payments? And you were like, you were like, yeah, because like, yeah. we don't know, we don't know their situation. They could literally be trying to to flee, the, get their family out of Ukraine. They could be trying to do all kinds of things, and they could be cash strapped. And so we just went through Stripe last night, and it was basically whack a mole, clicking refund on every single payment that has ever come from Ukraine. And 
And it's nice that we can actually do that. And it feels like the right thing to do because, you know, you can't even begin to imagine. And so, yeah, we just, we don't, if you're, if you're a customer in Ukraine, we don't want your money. We, we feel so bad for everything that's happening. It's absolutely, obviously devastating. And we hope that that little thing that we did, I hope, I hope that there's someone there that gets a bunch of money back and actually, it actually helps them safety plan with their family or something, or, you know, yeah. has some impact. Or, yeah, or be able to afford more Molotov cocktails or whatever it is. I have so much respect for them. I seriously have so much respect for them. Like, I've seen the videos. How incredible is that? They're like, no, fuck this. We're going to, we're going to fight. And they're they're like, it's just remarkable. Well, they don't have it. Like, they, they, I don't, they don't have a choice. Like, nobody's coming to their, nobody's coming to their aid military wise. And I understand why that's happening, but it also sucks. Like it also was just immeasurably hard to fight somebody with a much bigger, more well-funded army. You know, the one one good thing that has come from this is it seems that the EU is really coming together and NATO, all of our countries are alike. I mean, you, you know my thoughts on Justin Trudeau. I'm not a huge fan, I like any of our politicians, but credit where it's due, Canada's response has been absolutely incredible. Justin Trudeau, just, he's like, he's angry and he's really going all out on the sanctions. So I have respect for that. The UK is doing a lot. Um, I think like Germany's increasing spending on military, like lots of people are actually stepping up. And I, I really am I'm grateful for that. But I don't know, dude, like, I just seen today, you know, there's like a 40 mile long Russian convoy on land. Yep. I'm like, How the fuck are you supposed to defend from that? And I just, and then they're, they're shooting, they're destroying residential buildings. Yeah, I saw that. Like, yeah, it just, it makes me sad, dude. It really does. I don't, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'd say for any SaaS company listening right now and, you know, maybe your expenses are already high, you don't have tons of free cash. Honestly, just donate what you can is what I'd mm-hmm. say. There are plenty of Ukrainian. If you don't want to donate to the military, which is completely understandable, I don't think the military need money. I, like, I've seen even Canada, they're sending so much money. And even to the point where the military saying to Russian troops, we'll give you like, so many million Russian rubles, which is obviously more rubles now, but $40,000, I think it was, if you, if you don't do this fight, because you don't want this fight. Yeah. Which I think is smart. I think that it's interesting too, right? Because like this this fight is happening because of propaganda. Putin said all sorts of things that are just patent lies about the justification for invading Ukraine. But if you look at the world and how social media is reacting, it's so very much pro what what Ukraine is doing, and people are, um, yeah. I I just think that like. The, the the war of public opinion is is very one sided here, um, in a good way, right? Yeah, oh, I know. It, there's a lot of similarities to previous uh, wars. Yeah, so yeah, we definitely we're just sending out. This is quite a, a depressing episode. Obviously, everyone's struggling with this and not trying to be. Well, I mean, it's um, we're being realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no avoiding this. If you are a SaaS company, if you're an individual, donate what you can to humanitarian aid. They're obviously going to help people with various things. The military, I do believe the military have enough money. I, I don't know. Again, I'm uneducated on the details, but I'm seeing all the money that's being sent. The fact they're offering Russian troops money is a good sign. And, you know, it's tricky. Donate. I know a lot of people can't donate to the military, immigration reasons. I think there's rules against. I don't know if I read this correctly, but donate. there's questions about donating to foreign militaries mm-hmm. but my point is if you could like you don't have to donate to the military right you can donate to uh, humanitarian relief there's tons of stuff out there and like donate what you can 
honestly. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's like, it is obviously altruistic to do that. But I think it also like, in this situation, a lot of us in, in the West feel powerless, right? And the, the way to feel less powerless is to take action. To do and something. W- exactly. And like, what we're doing is so tiny in the grand scheme of things. But at least it's something like, at least we figured out, okay, this is what we can do as a business. And let's just do that. And hopefully it does have some impact in some small way because it's, it's like you said, it's better than just not doing anything. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's pretty much been our response. We, we chose not to block Russians. We chose to focus on what we could do to help Ukrainians. Um, to our Ukrainian listeners and audience, we're so sorry you're going through this and to everyone that can help them, please do what you can. And there's nothing, nothing more to add. We have responsibility for this world, not you know, internal domestic stuff, um, donations to various other things. But but right now this is a this is a huge deal. So donate what you can. <laughs>